0: Welcome to day 23 of Fast Wrong Thinking. Today, we're fasting from the thought that says, I try to forgive, but I just don't feel it. We're kicking off today's episode with a mashup that's all about what to do when people let you down. And then you'll hear a message Gregory Dickow shared on Christmas day of 2017 called Seven Miracles of Forgiveness. I want to encourage you to listen to the end. There's a declaration that everyone says together. It's pretty awesome. I hope you enjoy You're never going to develop that greatness inside of you when you make excuses and alibis. Why you must remain confined to what somebody did to you, defined by your past, confined to the abuse. No, you're not imprisoned to whatever anybody did to you. That's giving somebody way too much power in your life. Don't give people power. That's why you should forgive everybody that's ever done anything against you, because when you hold unforgiveness towards them, you're giving them the power to confine you behind the prison wall of what they did to you. But when you forgive them, you set yourself free. Sometimes it's a blessing when a person disappoints you. Because, you know, nobody likes to be disappointed, do we? But sometimes it's really a blessing when somebody disappoints you, because it forces you to have to trust something bigger than that person. Sometimes it's a blessing when somebody let you down because God will never let you down. Why are we looking to people to never let us down? God's the only one that will never let us down. God, who never fails, is willing to trust us who do fail. And we who do fail have a hard time trusting him that never fails. Shouldn't we stop strike that reverse that? Come on, Willy Wonka. Strike that. Reverse it this way, please. (laughs) you think about how backward that is. If God could trust you, let's this year really step out on a limb, not that it's that really risky at all, but let's go out and trust God this year. Let's be willing to put our hope in him and we will not be disappointed. God is incapable of disappointing you. But you are capable of disappointing yourself. But God will never God will never disappoint you. And God will never disappoint me. And so my trust is going to be adjusted this year to be on him. My trust is fixed on him. You can make all the promises you want to me. And I hope you follow through with them. But I do not live my life waiting for you to keep your promise. But I do live my life trusting God to watch over his word, to perform it just like he said he would. Amen. When you get a hold of what it means to sit with Jesus, when you realize where you're seated, when you realize you have the best seat in the house. You're delivered from fear. It delivers you from inferiority. It delivers you from your insecurities. And it will deliver you from comparing yourself to other people. And it'll deliver you from having to measure up. And it'll deliver you from when people leave you out and people don't accept you or they don't pick you for some reason, they don't like you for some reason. you know what? It really you got to get to the point where you just don't care, don't care what people think about you, not in a rude way, because we walk in kindness, we walk in love, we walk in forgiveness, but we don't walk in the fear of what people think. And when you're seated with Jesus, which you are, but when you have an awareness of it, then you no longer way what people say no longer weighs so much, you know, the word honor, honoring God. The word honor actually comes from a word which means a heavy weight to weigh heavily. So when you honor God, it means it literally means that his words carry more weight in your life. It's like a scale, you know, those old scales that go like this. If you have God's word here and you've got people's opinions here, then to honor God means that his words tip the scale completely and you have no you value what he says over what anybody else says where most people live is is kind of like this It's constantly going like this. Well, people say this about me, but God said this about me. And we're constantly in this battle. We have to be completely like this where it really is irrelevant what people say about me or what people think about me or what people write about me or what people's opinion of me is because this is what God thinks about me. I have always loved you. I'm never going to stop loving you. Expect love more and more and more and more and more. Amen. I want to talk to you really for a few moments about the seven miracles of forgiveness, because I think the greatest gift that God gives us when Jesus came to this earth is the gift of forgiveness. And it's not I'm not here to badger you about how you need to forgive other people. I'm not one of those kinds of speakers or preachers. I don't look at life that way. I think forgiving people is really easy when you have forgiven yourself. I think forgiving yourself is really hard until you know how much God's forgiven you. And when you know how much God has forgiven you, then you can forgive yourself. And then it's so easy to forgive others. We should not even try to forgive others before we forgive ourselves. I'm saying if you have unforgiveness towards anybody, you should forgive them. But you should realize that it'll be a futile attempt to forgive others until you have forgiven yourself and it will be a futile attempt to forgive yourself until you realize that God forgave you before you ever did anything. God forgave you before you even thought anything. God forgave you before the foundation of the world, because that's when the Lamb of God was slain before the foundation of the world. Can anybody say amen? Amen. Here are the miraculous benefits of forgiveness. Number one. And I mentioned it yesterday. Forgiveness is the secret to happiness. Forgiveness is the secret to happiness. Um, Psalm thirty two, verse one in the J.P.S. translation. Our team might not even have this translation. But in the the, uh, J.P.S. Translation in Psalm thirty two one, it says happy is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is pardoned. Happy is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is pardoned. In Romans chapter four, verse eight. I love this verse again. I want to read it to you from the New Living Translation. Yes. What joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin, whose record the Lord has cleared of. So you say, "Oh, I don't have a record. Oh, you have a record. All right. You you had some gold records, man. You had some you had some platinum records. Don't lie to God. You had some you had some records that sold so many copies. You had some records. You had so many records. But let me tell you, you had records that kept scratching. You had. How many remember those old times when you'd play that record? I remember my Jackson five record. And every time I remember it get to that one part and every time it would skip. And I I just learned that song skipping. I just learned that song that way. Got to be, got to be, got to be, got to be, got to be. I put my finger on it got to be there. (laughs) (laughs) We got so many scratches on our records, we got (laughs) we keep skipping or keep scratching and we keep repeating the same mistakes. And that's why, thank God, once you realize that your record has been cleared, 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 your record has been cleared. That's when happiness comes. That's when you become the happiest person on earth. Jesus was happy because he was without sin. And now as he is, so are we in this world, according to First John, chapter four, verse 17, as he is. So are we in this world? So guess what that means? He was happy because he had no sin. Now you can be happy because you have no sin. Oh, yeah, no, but I sin. I do this, I do that. No, your sin's been washed away. I'm not denying I'm not pretending that you don't do crappy stuff. But your sin, all of it has been nailed to the cross and buried. It's gone. That's the first miraculous benefit of forgiveness. Why is this so important? Because unhappiness results in The high rates of negative health and depression and heart disease, strokes and sleeping disorders, stress, obesity, substance abuse, anger and so much more. Individuals suffering from unhappiness are more likely to be unemployed. They're more likely to have bad relationships. They're more likely to have bad uh, marriages and homes. Recent study uh, from the University of Michigan showed that um, Facebook use makes people feel worse about themselves. Hi, everybody watching us on Facebook. Love, love you guys. Feel good about yourself because you're battling upstream right now just by being on Facebook. But uh, but truly, you can use it. You can use it in a healthy way. You don't have to. But these are the these are the studies. These are the statistics using Facebook can reduce young adults' sense of well-being and satisfaction with life because they're checking it so much. It makes them feel worse um, because they're comparing themselves with others and they feel like they're missing out. And or it gives people a false sense of security because people like them so much like 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 love, you know, like 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 love. And then that makes you feel good about yourself. Wrong reason to feel good about yourself. Feel good about yourself because God likes you. God says about you like, 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 love, 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 love. You know how those things go flying on your screen. love, 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 like, 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 does anybody even know what I'm talking about? Forget it. Number two, the second miracle of forgiveness is it leads to your inheritance and your blessing. Acts chapter 26, verse 17. Watch this. Acts chapter 26, verse 17. Jesus told Paul, he said, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. Verse 18, he says, and to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance. This is what Jesus came to do. He came to bring us forgiveness of sins and then The forgiveness of sins brings us into our inheritance. When you know you're forgiven, then you know that you are a recipient and you have the right to your inheritance. An unforgiven person does not have the right to God's inheritance. A forgiven person has the right to God's inheritance. Can anybody say thank God for that? I don't have time to get into that, so we'll just go to number three. Forgiveness is the secret to healing. In Mark, chapter two, Jesus said to that man, your son, your sins are forgiven. And they were like, well, who can forgive sins? And he said, just so you guys know that the son of God has power to forgive sins on Earth. Then he said to the man, now take up your bed and walk and go home. And the man got up and he was healed. The man came for healing. But what did Jesus give him first forgiveness? Why? Because forgiveness is the gateway to healing. If you can truly believe that God forgives you freely, then you will be able to believe that God can heal you freely. Forgiveness makes you love. The woman in Luke seven forty seven, my favorite verse, one of my favorite verses, but I like it because it flies, man. Seven forty seven. Jesus said, therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. She's forgiven much. Therefore, she loves much, he said her sins, which are many, are forgiven. And as a result, she loved much. She didn't love much to get forgiven. She was forgiven of much. Therefore, she loved much. But you guys who have been forgiven little, none of us are forgiven of a little. But in their minds, they were forgiven a little. But she knew the reality of how much she was forgiven. And she who was forgiven much loved much, you know, if you have a deficit in love towards people, you don't have to try to become a better lover. You don't have to try to love more. You need to go back and realize how much more you've been forgiven than you have taken notice of. And the sooner you realize, because that'll deliver you from all the self-righteousness and religion, and it'll make you so thankful and so loving towards people. And if if you know somebody who's mean and if you've been mean, It's because they don't know how much they're forgiven, because as soon as you know how much, how much you're forgiven, you're not mean anymore. I know in my life, my greatest seasons of anger were in this paralleled exactly to the greatest the times where I forgot how much God had forgiven me of. What number are we on? Forgiveness will lower your risk of substance abuse whether it's alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever it is, the biggest and best reason to jump into forgiveness. And to realize how much God forgives you is because it delivers you from your need. To heal your pain, forgiveness heals your pain, God's forgiveness towards you heals your pain, and therefore you don't need anything artificial. To cover up your pain because receiving your forgiveness heals you of your pain. Number five or whatever. Number six. It strengthens your immune system. Dr. Carl Menninger, one of the world's most successful medical doctors and psychiatrists, did a study of the cure for mental illness. And at the end of his study, he said, I can take any patient who's mentally ill and I can rid them of seventy five percent of all their mental illness with one word forgive. Dr. Bernie Siegel, well-known writer, surgeon and retired medical professor at Yale University, said, I've collected 57 extremely well-documented so-called cancer miracles. At a certain particular moment in time, they decided that anger and the depression were probably not the best way to go since they had such little time left. So they went from that to being loving, caring, no longer angry, no longer depressed people and able to talk to people they loved. These 57 people had the same pattern. They gave up their anger totally. They gave up their depression totally by specifically deciding to receive forgiveness and to give forgiveness. At that point, the tumors started to shrink 57 times. Forgiveness frees us from being controlled by the choices other people make. Forgiveness frees us from being controlled by the choices other people make. Joseph said, am I in the place of God in Genesis 50, verse 19? Who, who, who are we to hold a, hold something against someone that even God doesn't hold against them? And I just got to say this. Listen, this is really important. There's no need to hold a grudge against anyone who's hurt you, because when you hold a grudge against people that hurt you, you're saying that that person has more power than God. But when you realize that God's power is able to turn the situation around, there's no more purpose for holding unforgiveness. We hold unforgiveness because we think that the person has control over us. We're mad at what they did because we think that what they did will stop the best life that we want. You no longer have to be under that control because when you forgive and when you trust that God has forgiven you and then you forgive others. And you're saying, you know what, whatever people did, whatever people did to me, what God did for me is greater than what they did to me. The seventh one is it leads to promotion and purpose, which you can just study the life of Joseph. It leads to promotion and purpose. We're going to wrap up the service and close out the service in a couple of moments. But um, I want to say a couple things about forgiving. Yourself. Because once you realize how much God has forgiven you, then you are able to forgive yourself. And I said this the other day. But I want to say it again, if you look in the mirror and you look at yourself in the eyes, but you don't like the person that you see, then there's one remedy for that, not surgery, not plastic surgery, not, you know, some sort of medical exam. If you don't like what you see when you look in the mirror, there's one thing you can do to cure that. Forgive yourself. Because what you're seeing is not your face, you're seeing your soul and you feel unforgiveness and you feel. That you can't make up for what you've done, but you know what? The good news is you don't have to make up for what you've done. Jesus makes up for what you've done. Jesus already forgives you. When you look inside and you kick yourself over and over again for your past choices and mistakes, you still feel ashamed and guilty over your past and you're holding it against yourself. It's because you don't know who you really are in Christ. Jesus doesn't look at you that way. He doesn't remember your sins or iniquities. Hebrews 812 tells us he's forgotten them. They're gone, even though the devil and the enemy tries to continually remind you of those things. I want to encourage you to forgive yourself today, decide and let's just declare this, say, I decide today to forgive myself from falling short and failing from self-sabotage and self-hatred that I've allowed to happen. This Christmas, I let go of feeling damaged and unworthy and inadequate. I forgive myself for not being a better person, a husband, a wife, a parent, a child, a Christian. This Christmas, I'm letting go of the guilt for the times I've let myself down and let others down. I forgive my family members that have let me down with their anger, with their insensitivity, with their selfishness, with their fears or with their addictions. This Christmas, I'm letting go of the painful memories so I can remember the times when they were just my family member. I forgive the people who said they would be my friend, but then disappeared or disappointed this Christmas. I'm letting go of the anger so I can make room for new friendships. I forgive myself for the selfish choices that I've made that have hurt me and hurt others. I forgive myself for not being the best version of myself and robbing people of the beauty of who I could have been. By forgiving myself, I will become that person, the best version of myself. This Christmas, I give myself the gift of letting go of all regret. I forgive those who let me down because Jesus lifts me up. I am not a victim anymore. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Come on, if you believe that, praise God. Come on, team. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If this episode encouraged you, make sure to let Gregory Dickow know on Facebook or Twitter at Gregory Dickow. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. Have the best day.